This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. If you have a Bible, open up to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And by the way, to anybody visiting with us, or maybe you haven't been here in a while, and God brought you back today, let me show you how today you're going to hear from God through the Bible. We're going to read what Jesus taught, and down in your heart, you're going to know that God is talking to you about your life. God is real. So I want you to be prepared for this, and you'll notice... I'm just going to be up here doing my business, just, you know, teaching, doing what I do. I don't know all about your life and what's going on, but God does. But down in your heart, you're going to know, oh man, God is applying this to my life. Watch what happens. This is the way it happens. And I want you to respond to God. Respond to him. Just even under your breath while he's speaking, just say, I hear that. Thank you. The Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So he's going to speak to you, so be prepared for it. Okay, Mark chapter 11. And I want to begin reading at the 12th verse uh, through the 14th verse. But then I'm going to ask you to chime in and read out loud with us. You can follow along on the screens if you don't have the New King James Version with you. But uh, I'm going to have you read with me verses 20 to 26, seven verses uh, you can read that. But let me read these verses first from Mark chapter 11. We've been studying this little passage. And, and let me just say this. This is the fourth teaching. This is the final teaching of this little series on mountain moving faith. And I'm talking about how to use faith in the Bible on purpose, intentionally, to see the power of God do things that you could not do but you are the one that triggered it. Like flipping on the light switch, you're not generating the electricity. You're not causing the light bulb to work, but you know where the switch is. So you can control the power of electricity and the light because you know how to flip the switch. In the same way, Jesus is teaching us how we can trigger the power of God to help us in our lives. This is what he's teaching us. This is real. This is not religion. A lot of people think, well, you know, church, you just go and you have to do certain things and then God's not mad at you and then you're okay. That is not what this is about. This is about a relationship with your creator, God Almighty, and Jesus has been teaching us how we can use something called faith, but on purpose, intentionally, precisely to see specific things happen. And so this is, this is the conclusion. This is the grand finale. And, and I would argue that this may be the most important of the four. If you haven't heard the other three lessons, then you can go on YouTube. Just type on YouTube, go to the rock. And our site will pop up and you can track and see the last three messages that we did. And this is the fourth. Okay, so Mark chapter 11. Let me read and then I'll cue you when it's time for you to chime in. Here we go. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Now the next day when they, the disciples and Jesus, had come out from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, the fig tree, 
he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, he talked to a tree. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now let's all from verse 20, read through verse 26, ready, go. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. For, excuse me, I messed it up. Verse 26, ready, go. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, two weeks ago, after I taught the second message, a lady in our congregation right here in Anaheim named Maria, she came up to me and we stood right here in the front and she told me something about her husband, Manuel, and what he did. You see, she said, we've had this avocado tree in our yard for years. And she said it was bearing avocados year after year, but one year it didn't, like nothing. And they thought, well, this is strange, there's no avocados. And then the next year came along, nothing. Two years in a row, nothing. And the next year came along, nothing. They thought, what's wrong with our tree? She said, but here's what my husband Manuel did. He went and he got his ax and he walked out to the tree and he showed the ax to the tree. <laughs> she said, this is what he did. He said, if you don't bear fruit next year, I'm gonna chop you down. He, told, he talked to the tree. She said the next year, it started bearing avocados again. <laughs> and she said it started bearing more and more. She said, we can't keep up with all the avocados. We're giving them away. She said one year, there were so many, two of the big branches broke. They were so heavy. She said, I counted over 500 avocados on this tree. This avocado tree is bearing fruit scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know, we underestimate what Jesus is saying. Jesus cursed that fig tree, it withered away. And then he said in verse 23, he said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Jesus is not just trying to encourage people. Jesus is explaining something that's real. We underestimate the authority that we have. We underestimate how much God wants to be a part of our lives. And old Manuel, boy, I tell you what, he got his fig tree to work. Somebody, I know somebody's thinking, man, I'm gonna tell my car, you know, it better start running good. Well, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Now, I wanna get back to verse 22. Now watch this. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. 
Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now notice, and this is probably more for those of you that have been tracking with us in this series. He didn't say have faith in yourself. He didn't say have faith in your faith. He didn't say have faith in the principle or the formula of saying and believing. What did he say? Have faith in God. See, this is the context that Jesus is teaching he, uh, about. Jesus is not just talking about getting things done. A lot of people just think, whatever we got to do to get things done. No, Jesus is not just talking about how to get things done. He's talking about how to get things done with God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. In fact, come down here to verse 24 now. Well, let's read, let's read right on through. Have faith in God, verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Is Jesus honest? Does he know what he's talking about? Yes, he does. Look at verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you what? Might? No, you will have them. So he's, Jesus is talking about how we human beings who are not perfect, we need God's help, how we can trigger the power of God to help us. This is what he's teaching us. But notice the 25th verse. It says, and whenever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, what does that mean? Whether you're speaking to the mountain or whether you're calling on the Lord. Now, we've been teaching this series, Mountain Moving Faith, on verse 23. But we hadn't even gotten to verse 24 yet. Verse 24 is about prayer, asking. See, so the next series we're going to start, maybe January 1st, maybe the week after. The next series, we're going to talk about how to get prayers answered. You know, if you can get prayers answered, that changes your life. If you can get prayers answered, that changes your life. So we're going to let Jesus teach us how to get prayers answered. Boy, the people that can get prayers answered, they're not stuck. You won't be stuck. You you don't have to stay in a bondage or an addiction. Isn't that right? You You don't have to stay struggling. You can get things done. So we're going to we're going to go into that next. But notice this, not only can you speak to the mountain, not only can you get prayers answered, but then Jesus says, and, and when you stand praying, see, you're still praying. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Because if you don't forgive, then your heavenly father won't forgive you. Now, why is he attaching that to prayer and mountain moving faith. Because he's telling us, if you don't have this right with God, if you're not forgiving, you're going to hinder the ability to trigger the power of God. Why is that? Because that's not the way God is. God doesn't flow with unforgiveness. God is a forgiving God. Isn't that right? God is a forgiving God. And God has forgiven you not only for what you did directly against him, God has forgiven you for everything you've done in your whole life. Isn't that true? See, there's nobody in 
on earth today that everything wrong that they've done in their life was against you. They may have done some serious damage to you. That has happened and does happen, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean that everything wrong that they've done was all against you. But see, God forgives people of everything. God's forgiven you from everything you've ever done. He will. He will forgive you. The question is, will you turn around and forgive other people what they've done wrong to you? And Jesus said, when you stand praying, this cannot be two weeks after you say to the mountain. This is not two weeks after you pray the prayer that you finally get around, I'm finally going to forgive them. No, he said, right then, while you're there, forgive. What is Jesus telling us? He's telling us that you can't just take this formula and speak these things out and believe independent of your heart and your life. That this is connected. This is connected. You know, I remember many years ago, I taught a series called God's Ways. Anybody heard it? I see some hands go up, but I don't think all of you did. Because it was 20 parts long. And when I say long, it's true, they were long because every part was like an hour plus. Right, Pastor Carl? Every part is an hour plus. 20 parts long. Now, in Operation Solid Lives, our discipleship, we require that people listen to like the first seven messages. But it was 20 parts. So what about the other 13? The other 13 messages was on why Christians fail to receive. 13 long messages. And, and what we did was we went in the Bible and found the places where the people of God had promises, but the promises didn't come to pass. And we looked and studied to see why didn't it come to pass? And guess what? Not one time in any of the scenarios was it, well, they were doing the best they could and everything, but God just decided that he wasn't going to do it this time. God in his sovereignty, in his foreknowledge, he just decided not one time, not one time. Every time it was something that went wrong. And, it, and, and we just picked out, well, what, what is it? For example, the first generation that God pulled out of slavery from Egypt to bring to the promised land, well, they didn't make it into the promised land. They didn't make it in. Well, why didn't they make it in? Well, they did the best they could. They were serving God, but God in his sovereignty, he just saw that it would be better that the second generation, oh, that's baloney. That's not true. It says why. Because of their unbelief and their complaining against God. They were walking in unbelief and they were complaining against God. And God finally said, this is the 10th time that you've done that. They were just out loud saying, we should have never trusted Moses. We should have never followed God out of here. He brought us out here to make us die. They were saying these things. And God says the 10th time. So, so I was going to take you in, but I'm not going to take you in. I'm still going to keep my promise to Abraham by taking your children in. See, but they should have gone in. See, and we just, we just went passage after passage after passage. It took 13 weeks to go through it. Later on, some years later, I did a two-part message just to encapsulate it because I said nobody's going to listen to 13 hour plus long messages to study this. I think a few of you would, but I just did a two-part. But I found about 30 reasons why Christians fail to receive. 30, that the Bible says. The Bible says. For example, the big fat number one reason 
is John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan is the thief and he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But here's the thing. If you think it's God doing it to you, you're not going to resist him. Right? If you think it's God, you're not going to resist him. And what did Peter say in 1 Peter 5, 8? He said, be sober. That doesn't mean don't drink. <laughs> He's saying, be, be alert, be aware, be sober, be, be vigilant. And here's what he said. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast in the faith. Well, what happens if you don't resist him? He'll devour. And then somebody will say, well, I don't know why God's doing this to me, but I just trust him. He knows what he's doing. He must be teaching me something. See, all that ignorance, ignorance, ignorance. See, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, but if you don't know it's the devil... How can you resist him? You won't resist him. You'll think it's God. And if you don't resist him and he devours you, well, you didn't receive the promise of God. But it wasn't because of the sovereignty of God. It was because of your ignorance. The devil deceived you into thinking that was God doing it to you. Do you see that? Here's another one. I mean, just, just to name a few. Do not grow weary, Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart. But what happens if you do lose heart? Then you won't reap. And then you'll say, well, the Lord knows. He He just didn't want us to have it. I guess he didn't know. No, you lost heart. You lost heart. You gave up. Well, I gave up because it was going on for a long time. And it wasn't happening. So I just figured if God wanted it to happen, it would have already happened. You figured. You figured. You figured, but that's not what God said. God said, do not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. You know, Abraham, God promised him a son through Sarah. And it it was 25 years before the son came. 25 years before he had Isaac. Isn't that right? And the Bible calls him the father of faith. So if the father of faith, it took him 25 years to get his answer. Don't think because you waited, oh, it's been about three months already. <laughs> Isn't that right? Now, I'm not saying you have to wait 25 years. But if the father of faith waited 25 years to get his answer, don't you give up. Yeah. Don't you give up. <laughs> Stick with it. Stick with it. The promise is true. Stick with it. The promise is true. Isn't that right? Yes. Have faith in God. But see, Jesus said, and whenever you stand praying, forgive, forgive. In other words, there are other things that play into this. There are other things that play into this. Now, let me ask this. You might say, well, Jerry, what about these people like witches and warlocks and Satanists? Now, they'll speak out curses and spells and these things come to pass. And it's true. It's true. They do. Is that the... Are they, is that the power of God bringing those curses and spells to pass? You think, you think the power of God is 
working with witches and warlocks and Satanists to bring spells to pass? No, no, a thousand times no, of course not. Well, who's bringing that to pass? Well, that's the devil. That's the devil. Now, notice they're using the same principle. They're speaking things and believing that they'll come to pass. But it's not God bringing it to pass. I said they're speaking things and believing that they'll come to pass, but it's not God bringing them to pass. It's the devil bringing them to pass. And this is why Jesus didn't just say, speak to the mountain. He started off saying, have faith in God. I'm going to show you how to work with God's power. Not just get it done. See, some people, unfortunately, some Christians, they just take and the end justifies the means approach. In other words, I just need the principle to work for me. I don't care if it's God. I don't care who it is. I just need it to work. Well, that's not what Jesus is teaching us. Jesus is saying, no, have faith in God, which means you're going to have to get into alignment with God. You're going to have to get into alignment with God. So you can just try to use the principle. I'm going to speak it and believe it and get it done. And the devil would be happy to bring things to pass that are not the will of God. And this is exactly what the Bible says will happen when the Antichrist comes, which seems like it may not be all that far away. But here's what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all what? With all what? This is an open screen test. With all what? With all power, signs, and lying wonders. According to the working of who? Satan. So here's a human being that is functioning with supernatural power according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and notice, lying wonders. What does that mean? What does it mean, lying wonders? The devil loves to make you think this is God. And some people, because they see power, well, that's supernatural, must be God. Lying wonders. Lying wonders. Some people, unfortunately, including some deceived believers, have been working this principle of speaking and believing and getting results but not by the power of God, but by the, by the power of the enemy. Because their life is out of alignment with God. Walking in pride, walking in arrogance, walking in bitterness, walking in wrath and anger, a foul mouth, impure, angry at people, treating people out of love. And yet they want to use the principle that Jesus taught just to get what they want for themselves. And they don't realize Oh, as long as you're walking in deception and as long as you're offending and hurting people, the devil will bring you along and make you think, man, God's really working on on your behalf. You've really caught on to something. And this is why Jesus is saying, no, no, listen, have faith in God. And while you're praying, forgive. You know, no one had more of the power of God work consistently in his life than Jesus. But did you notice how he carried himself? Very humbly. He said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say, the works that you see, this is the Father working through me. Always giving credit to the Father. Giving glory to the Father. He said in John 8, I have a lot of things I want to say. 
and to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I only speak to the world what he tells me to speak. Humility, submission under authority to God. If he tells me to do it, I'll do it. And this is why he was constantly in a position for the power of God to flow in his life. You have to address those things. How could somebody walking in pride be flowing with the power of God? The Bible says God resists the proud. There's another one of the 30 reasons, by the way. I got a book drafted on this, Reasons Why Christians Fail to Receive. I need to get that book out because it's so relevant. People need to know why. Stop just blaming it on God. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Well, for you to stand and say, man, my heart doesn't want to forgive this person because I just still upset. But Jesus said to forgive him. So I'm going to submit to God and forgive him and release him from this. Well, now you're not walking in pride anymore. Now you're walking in humility before God. Isn't that right? Now the power of God can flow the way that it ought to. Can you see that? See, so it's possible to be even a believer and to be deceived because you're just working this principle and you're seeing results and yet be completely off in your thinking and be deceived. Think about this. Three chapters before Mark 11 is Mark 8 and Mark 8, 36 is where Jesus said, what is it profit? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So you can actually get supernatural things to come to pass in your life and think God's doing it and be completely deceived and go to hell for eternity. That's why Jesus is saying, have faith in God. And this is what we're talking about today. Yes, moving mountains, but with God in humility before God. This is not just looking for the principle to get what I want, but I'm not going to give the rest of my life to the Lord. No, our lives belong to him. Every decision, every heart attitude, every motive, we have to yield to him and have him cleanse us of those things that are impure because all of us have those impure things that come to our hearts and we need the Lord to cleanse us from those. Remember 1 John 5, 14 and 15? And this is the confidence that, I, that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us according to his will. According to his will. See, a true believer wants the will of God. A true believer wants the will of God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. See how the humility and the submission to his will go hand in hand with his power being released to answer these prayers? See? So Jesus is teaching us here that it's not just working a little principle and ignoring our hearts and the rest of our lives. We need to be yielded to the Lord if it's going to be his power that flows. I don't just want power. I want God's power. I don't want the devil's power because the devil will deceive me. The devil will deceive me. But if we get into alignment with God, the power will flow. I remember when we first came to this property and there was a little good little church here and we, we heard the Lord say that we needed to start something fresh. So we closed this church down and seven months later we opened a new church. But I remember when we were first starting, we inherited a little debt from the former church, 30 some thousand dollars, wasn't huge. But 
for a closed church, that's a lot. For a closed church, that's a lot, right? And we inherited that. And I remember my, my brother, uh, he was our worship leader. And so he came and said, Jerry, the sound system's bad. Well, it wasn't bad. Like it was normal, normal small church stuff. It was, you could hear it, you know, <laughs> it wasn't bad. But he's, he's like a quality person, you know. He's, he, he, you know he, he's just not your typical worship leader. And he just knew what good was and what not so good was. And he said, it's bad, you know, with the monitors and everything. It's just, we, we really, and I said, David, I, we had this conversation about three times. I said, David, listen, the Lord's going to get us everything we need. What that, what that meant was, we don't have the money right now. <laughs> but we will. We will, we'll get, I said, the Lord's going to get us everything we need. Don't worry. The Lord's going to get us everything we need. And sure enough, he did. Sure enough. And then when we opened that worship center down the street, oh, let me tell you, that sound system was expensive and all paid for. The Lord paid for all of it. And now back in here, I mean, this thing's upgraded. It's dialed in now. State of the art stuff. All by divine supply. No debt. You you understand? No debt. No debt, but we were saying that when we were still closed. We were speaking that when we were still closed. And it's all here. We just enjoy it. Nobody thinks anything about it. It's just there. I remember when we were getting ready for grand opening. We were getting ready. I mean, two weeks before grand opening, April the 9th, 2000, the year 2000. And I was in here with Scott Stark. You know, Mike Stark's on our staff here. But his brother Scott was here. And, and, and we needed a, a way to display the, the song lyrics. And so we went down and we got, I mean, not the nicest, but I mean some TVs from Walmart. <laughs> this was before flat screen. This was the rounded big tube, deep like this, you know, big tube. And I mean, we got some like 32 inches, baby. Diagonal. One on each side. So that about halfway back, you could read, you know, but we, we hung those, you know, on frame. I'll never, Scott knew what he was doing. I was just helping him. Okay. We hung those things and we had a drop ceiling in here. This before we enlarged this room three times to get it to where it is. Now my office was in the corner over there. And there were other offices and offices back here. But we had brand new Walmart TVs. <laughs> no, that was big time. We didn't, have, we didn't have the funds. But we just kept saying, the Lord will provide everything. And now you look up here at this LED wall. You see what I'm talking about? No debt, all by divine supply. But back then, what did we have? We had our faith. And our words to speak and not to complain, to say, well, we just don't have any money. Anybody could talk emotion. Anybody could talk emotion. Faith is not just talking your emotion, how bad you feel. Well, shouldn't we express how we feel? Go ahead. Enjoy. But Jesus said, whatever you say and believe, you'll have. Oh, I don't want it. Then shut up. Because our words are powerful. Our words are powerful. I remember in 2007, we we got into December of 2007, 
And we were in a little leadership meeting and uh, our finance pastor, Pastor Carl was in that meeting with us. Our finance pastor, he said, uh, I need to bring something up. He said, it's time for us to do our Christmas bonuses for the staff. But uh, he said, as you know, the last two months, our income has been over $100,000 lower than projected. You know, you hit one month and you're down over $100,000. I know some of you are thinking, $100,000. This stuff gets expensive. And we had buildings. And I mean, this is expensive. That's one of the reasons why the Lord's saying, push it down into homes. This is expensive. And so it was down over $100,000. And then another month, another hundred and something thousand dollars. And the finance pastor said, one more month of that and we're in the red. So the question is, do we go forward with the staff bonuses? So what would you do? Oh, I knew exactly what to do. Pray. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do. And what does the Bible say? If anyone lacks wisdom, that was us. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given. So I said, let's, let's stop and pray here. So I, I stood up and we were, thank God for praying in the spirit. Letting the Holy Spirit pray things you don't know to pray. And I... We were praying in the spirit and I walked over by the window there. And I mean, when just a few minutes, something came to me and I know it was of the Holy Spirit. Something came to me and I walked back over and I said, we have absolutely no evidence that God will not supply all of our need this month. Now, we may have had a a shortfall on our income the last two months, significant shortfall, by the way. Not just a little bit, a significant shortfall. But all of our bills were paid. We weren't behind on anything. We weren't in the red yet. And I said, we have zero evidence that God is not going to be faithful to pay everything we need. And we prayed on that and the team agreed. That's right. God said he provides all of our needs. So we just thank God, Lord, you're going to provide everything we need. You said you will. And so we move forward. Now, some people in business, they would say, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, we did. And what do you think happened? Well, you know what happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling the story. We paid all the bills that December. We paid the staff bonuses and took an extra 50 grand into January. Why? Because God's word is truth. Because God is faithful. I said, because God is faithful. Amen. God is real. God is real. I remember I was standing right up here before we had all these buildings and such. I'm in the middle of a message and I just felt inspired of the Holy Spirit. And I just said, one day you're going to be driving down Orange Thorpe. You're going to see the rock, the rock, the rock, the rock, the rock. I just said it five times. Then wasn't even thinking about it. And it wasn't all that many years later, five buildings right along here. But you know, now we don't have all those buildings. Now the Lord says, start pushing the ministry of the church down into homes. We got up at one time 
to 20 congregations that were part of the rock. 20. And now we've planted out here and there and such. But now we've got more locations because we got 70 some locations with all of our house churches. Yeah, but this is what the Lord is saying. I remember Elijah. Do you remember Elijah? He pronounced that it wasn't going to rain. And then the word of the Lord came to him and said, go to the brook Cherith and drink from the water. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you. And twice a day, the ravens would come with meat to feed him and he drink from the water. But then the brook dried up. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, now go to Zarephath and I've commanded a widow to take care of you. You remember the story? Yep. Notice in a different season, there was different instruction. See, so you have to stay with God in that season. What are you saying today? Lord, what are you saying today? We need to ask God. If we're going to be submitted to God, we need to know, Lord, what are you saying to me today? I need to know what you're saying today. So that I can respond and see now you're in the will of God. Now you're in the will of God. So I know this start pushing the ministry into homes. Some people will say, oh, yeah, they cut down those buildings because they couldn't afford it. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We know how to believe God for anything. We did it because the Lord directed us to go this other direction. Times are changing. Jesus is coming soon. And he's directing all of us to position ourselves for the future. And we need to stay in tune with the Spirit of God. Let me close with this. I remember, you know, I've told you the story about the dedicating of the facility, March the 29, 2009, the worship center. Miracle. Miracle. And most all of that project, $4 million construction process, project, most all of it happened in about a two-month period. I mean, just working day and night on this thing. Well, I told you the good part, like we dedicated the facility, and it was awesome, awesome. However, what I didn't mention, I'm going to mention it now, is, you know, we, the Lord spoke to us before Kimberly and I came here. The Lord told us not to borrow. So when we came here, we just had a no-borrowing policy. So we didn't take out any loan. We were just paying that with what we had and what people were giving. Well, we got that whole project done and it was happening so fast that, that we were 500 and something thousand dollars short of what we needed to pay all these people. Well, you got to pay them. Some projects were still going on because we, still, we had occupancy we we're in and some were going on, but some were done. These people are ready to be paid and we need to pay them but we're 500 and something thousand dollars short. Well, this, this over here, our, by the way, our, our team that was working this, full of integrity and full of competence when it comes to tracking money. But you know, this construction thing, this is a unique thing. This is not what we just do all the time. And so trying to keep up with all of it was challenging. So here's what happened. I decided, you know what? Create a graphic of a mountain. We're going to put it up on these new screens. And we as a church family, we're going to, we're going to say to that mountain, be removed. That, isn't that what Jesus said? So we did. We, in our new worship center, we were all excited about it. We just pointed at that screen, be removed, you 500 and some thousand dollars. We just spoke <laughs> at it. Yeah. And then we were all giving every week. We're giving something toward it. And that thing starts coming down, coming down. But there were a couple of times where our team came and said, hey, some 
some bills came in, but they weren't in the calculations. What do you mean? We did? Are you sure we did them? We did them. We did them. But somehow or another, it wasn't in the total. And so the mountain grew this week. Oh, how am I going to go next week and tell them, hey, we spoke to the mountain last week and it got bigger. <laughs> but I had to do it. I had to go out and explain to them and said, hey, this, you know, this, this was an oversight, whatever. And it happened again. And now I'm out there explaining again. Hey, it happened, you know, and people start to wonder, you know, do they have integrity? I mean, what, do they have competence? You know, what's going on? Our team was handling everything. I mean, well, except for there were some oversights because we're largely a volunteer organization. And there were just some things that weren't turned in. And so here we're going along and I had to explain this twice. And then we're going on for a few weeks and the mountain's coming down, coming down, you know, 400,000, you know, 300,000. We get down to about 240,000 or so. And my team tells me, hey, we had another invoice come in that we didn't calculate, 30-some thousand dollars. And I was at my house and I'll never forget. I just said to the Lord, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go back out there and discourage people's hearts and tell them that the mountain grew again. I just said, you know, just being raw before the Lord. I said, this is your ministry. You told us to do this. This is your problem. You need to pay it. And so I said to the Lord, I'm, I'm not going to tell him anymore about the mountain. You do it. So we got there that next Sunday and people are expecting to see that mountain where we are. And we didn't put it up there. We just said, thank you all for helping with this and such. And then, uh, and then we just went on, but we didn't tell them how big the mountain was, show the graphic or anything. And guess what? The giving toward the mountain was way down that week. Oh, and the attack of my mind. See what you did now? Big man of faith. You're just going to, I'm not going to do anything about the mountain anymore. <laughs> so it was going to take still several months to get that paid off. And now how many years is it going to take you? I mean, I hear these thoughts in my head. The next Sunday, we don't put the mountain up again. And guess what? Offering very low toward the mountain. So now what are you going to do? And I could just hear some of you. Well, you shouldn't have stopped telling them. See, you shouldn't have, that's where you made the mistake. Oh, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. Let's see you do it. <laughs> but after that second Sunday, somebody called the office, said they wanted to talk to me. And I called them back and they said, hey, I want to give toward this mountain. And I just wanted to see how much is left. And I said, well, here's the story behind that. See, uh, it was this amount, but we had this come in. Oh, yeah, that's bigger than, than what I saw on the screen last time. Yeah, I know, I know, because, well, I'm glad I called because I know the Lord wants me to pay the rest off. I said, well, let me get you in touch with our finance pastor so he can give you the exact amount, right? <laughs> Down to the penny. <laughs> and I got him in touch. And guess what? They brought the check in over to the office and they were happy and we were elated. <laughs> 
Amen. Why? Because God is real. Because God is faithful. The word of God is true. Don't you give up just because you don't see anything happening. That doesn't mean God's not working. God works in the unseen realm. But we have to believe God. And we have to speak and stick with it because God is working. God is faithful. Jesus said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Thank God. Jesus is right, but we just need to learn how to do it. I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard the rest of these messages, you can just go on YouTube and type in Go to the Rock, and you'll see our channel, and you can find all four of these messages, including today's message. And let me tell you, the Lord is speaking to you. God is saying, I want to work with you. I want to help you. I'll use my power. I'll use everything I have, all all of my resources to help you but I want you to come into alignment with me. I want you to flow with me. I'm going to teach you how to have the right heart, the right motive, the right attitude. I'm going to teach you how to love people, how to bless people, how not to retaliate. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'm going to teach you how to forgive people. I'm going to teach you how to bless your spouse if you have a spouse. I'll teach you how to get one if you want one. (laughs) But if you already have one, you can't ask for a new one. (laughs) You need to bless the one you have. But see, the Lord, wants to, the Lord wants to help us. The Lord wants to help us. And God is teaching us. Some of you here, I know, you're guests and you're visiting and you're thinking, what did I walk into here? I was coming for a Christmas message. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas gift from God. It's a Christmas gift from God for him to say to you, and you know it in your heart. I want to be with you. I want to help you. And some of you know you need to be in this atmosphere because in this atmosphere, you start to think differently. You think differently. And this is what God wants. I want us right now to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here today and you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, You may have never prayed in your life to make Jesus Lord and to commit to following him, not just believing in him, but following him. Or maybe you did a long time ago, but for whatever reason, you have not been following him recently. He's calling you right now. Follow me. Follow me. If that's you, I want you to pray right along with us. And I want you to mean it in your heart. God sees our hearts. He doesn't expect you to be perfect or all of a sudden to have the strength to overcome every challenge or every addiction or bondage. But he does expect you to be honest with him to say, if you'll help me, I will follow you. And God will take you up on that. He'll forgive all of your sins and he'll help you because he loves you. He doesn't love you because you're perfect. He loves you because he created you in his image, in his likeness. He created you. He sees all your potential and he wants to help you reach it. So if that's you, 
then while we all pray, we're all going to pray right along with you. You pray out loud together because God is listening. Let's all pray together. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Come on, everybody out loud. Thank you for sending Jesus to take my place, to die for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and make me the person that you created me to be. With your help, from this day forward, I will follow Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's welcome these new family members to the family of God, can we? Let's all stand together. I want you to say something out loud with me right now. Say something out loud with me. Say this, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am going to learn from God to learn from the Bible and see the power of God change things in my life. I don't have to put up with my life the way it is now. God loves me. He wants to help me. And he's teaching me how to walk with him. I choose to walk with him. And so therefore, from today forward, Things are looking up. Things are going my way because God is on my side. In Jesus' name. And can we say amen and clap in agreement today? Amen.